I'm going to continue making mistakes throughout my life. But actually, we're talking about new beginnings. We're talking about being a brand new person. I think it's a great scripture and it's got, it, it's the foundation really of our faith. So. Welcome, girls, to Brave Heart Talks podcast that come to you every two weeks. We are back in January and we're so excited to be with you. Whoever you are, you are so welcome. Come around the table with us. Have a conversation with us. Hey, Emma, this is now we are one year into podcast. That's one to year? celebrate. That's something <laughs> to celebrate. Come on. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> For those who are listening on Spotify, we have just had a confetti cannon. So uh, <laughs> they're probably thinking, what was that noise? I am spitting gold confetti. <laughs> You've got one on your head, Emma. Give it a little shake. <laughs> but what was We've been doing these for one year. One now. year. That's gone going. so fast. It has. But it's, it's been great. And it it's has. just been great to get into some good conversation and I think just to be able to connect all year round as well. Yes, exactly. Because we do conference once a year now and it's coming up in May the 24th, 25th. Girls, get your tickets. We are on the run up to it. So it's super exciting. But because we do that once a year, it's great that we can connect with the girls throughout the year and just bring relevant conversations and just conversations that are just going to help people, help them on their journey and yeah yeah let's we're all go in the next year. together you know we go through the same things yeah. we're women we're at different ages and stages of life but you know I think life presents the same to all of us yeah and it's just learning to navigate through and realizing I'm not on my own yeah definitely you know? I love that and today's conversation Emma we are in January so I thought it'd be you know, useful to talk about this idea of new beginnings because everyone always says, don't they? Like it's new new year, new me. We hear it say, and we laugh at it because it is quite yes. a funny concept when people say that new year, new me. Um, I'd love to know if anyone actually has totally transformed their life just because it's a January in a new month. But hey, we are still in the new year. So we're going to base this, this talk, all this podcast around this concept of new beginnings, but specifically being a new person because that phrase is new me or new year new me and actually the bible does have something to say on this idea of you know as we are you know christ followers we are a new creation so we're going to actually base this whole talk this whole podcast on one scripture we're going to break it down and we're just going to dive into it because i think it's a great scripture and it's got it it's the foundation really of our faith so yes let's go there so this scripture is found in 2 corinthians 5 verse 17 and it's from paul and it says this This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Short, but so much to be said in Mm. that scripture. So let's start and let's break it down. So Paul makes reference to this text. Those who call themselves Christians. So he says, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Emma, Mm. explain this. Because sometimes, you know, if you hear that a new person, it's a little bit confusing. So what does it mean when he says that? Yeah, and and it's really true what you just said there, Meg, that it, this is the foundation mm. of everything. Yeah. Everything we, you know, if you are a Christ follower, you call yourself a Christian, mm-hmm. this verse is the foundation. Yeah. And you know the age old metaphor, if the foundations of the house are wrong, no matter how grand the house looks, it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And so when we get this concept wrong, then everything that we try to do or build or how we try to progress in our faith life, in our friendship circles, in our marriages, in our parenting, if we've got this 
foundational principle wrong, mm-hmm. then we're not going to be able to sustain ourselves in Christ in other yeah. any other areas of our life. Yeah. So yeah, it's really interesting that the scripture says a new creation, yeah. a brand new man. Yeah. And if you think about the word new, it means like never has been before. Mm-hmm. Something that's new has never, if you were to buy a new item off a shop shelf, it's something that's unused, it's untarnished, it's undamaged, it's, you're going to get it out of the box and it is brand new. Mm-hmm. And I think so many of us come to Christ and think he's going to do a repair job on us. And he's going to remodel what we were and rework some things in our life. And Mm. re doesn't even come into it. He says, no, 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 you are a new creation. You are going to be something that never has been before. And I know that we're going to explore and expand on this, this sort of journey. But I think the problem is, is that we take our old principles, our old beliefs, our old way of thinking, our old habits, and we try and shoehorn them mm-hmm. into the newness that God has for us. Yeah. Instead of saying, actually, what Christ has done is wiped my slate clean and I need to think differently and I need to speak differently and I need to act differently Mm -hmm. and progress my life differently. And so that's a fundamental, I think, we we think we're going to be sort of repatched and put back together Mm -hmm. different when actually, no, God says, I'm going to give you a brand new start. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And do you know what, I've never even actually myself thought about it like that you know the fact like I very much thought that it's like he takes the broken you and it's kind of like just mends the few bits but like you said it's that new start and we're talking very much now like taking it back to basics like you know this scripture was for those who it says who belong to Christ so what actually happens that moment when you make that decision? Because so many people, you know, it, it's we celebrate that decision, you know, in church every week we say we celebrate that decision. Those mm-hmm. who've come to Christ, those who've made yeah. that decision to be a Christ follower. And then we kind of rush on with our lives and we move on with church. But actually it's so good just to take a moment, say what actually happens yeah. in that moment when someone makes that decision to be a Christ follower? Yeah. Well, let's be clear on what doesn't happen. First of all, what doesn't happen is your circumstances don't miraculously change and you don't get a presentation from heaven via an angel. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no magic formula or magic wand, but actually what happens in that moment is the inner decision changes everything about your future and so when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior we say it quite often that actually what happens on the inside eventually does show up on the outside but it's like if you were to get engaged when Mm -hmm. you remember when you you and Nath first got engaged like nothing significant happened but now you are partnered with someone it's like you've got a security in your life that this man is going to love me and protect me and make vows and promises Mm -hmm. to me for the rest of my life and when we enter into um, union with Christ by accepting him as our Lord and Savior it's that you have um, a hope that you never have 
had before. Yeah. In fact, scripture calls it an anchor for my soul. Mm-hmm. And and I love that concept. And I often think about that concept of my life being anchored. Because if you can imagine doing life with no anchor and you're like that little boat that's just bobbing around in the ocean, subject to wherever the wind takes mm-hmm. you, subject to wherever the current takes you, you have got no control. But when you're anchored, it's like no matter how bad the storm gets, I know I'm not going to move. Yeah. And you have that confidence when you give your life to Christ. It's like, okay, I have somewhere to go. I have someone to talk to. I have a God that says he's a mountain moving God. I have the gift of the Holy Spirit. When I ask Jesus into my life, his Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is my advocate. It's my counselor. He's my comfort. He's my guide. I have recognition that actually I don't need to, I'm going to continue making mistakes throughout my life, Mm -hmm. but actually I have found someone, the Bible calls him a kinsman redeemer, Christ, that that he is actually, he wipes the slate clean. Mm -hmm. You know that there's forgiveness in him, there's redemption in him. And so I think hope is the best word to encapsulate the whole thing is that's what you have when you go to Christ. It's a hope, a hope that is a sure foundation, Mm -hmm. not the wishy-washy type, but it's a hope that you can actually get hold of and say, I know from this point on, whatever life presents to me, God says I can make all things work to good for the purpose of those who walk in me. Yeah, I love that. So, yeah. Yeah, so, so good. And I think, you know, with that scripture, it's going about how anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. And we've taught there then what happens then when someone does make that decision. But you mentioned it briefly, but let's go into this in, in more detail and more conversation because I think for so many, they get them frustrated, like a few weeks has gone, maybe even months. And they're like, don't actually notice any difference. I don't feel like this new person. I don't feel like anything has actually changed now I'm a Christian. So speak into that to someone who's thinking, I don't immediately feel any different, you know, now I'm a Christian. Yeah. And so there's a couple of different ways I think we can look at that. In the same way that when a woman is first pregnant, nothing looks different about her Mm -hmm. and other people might not be able to even tell for months that she's pregnant yeah but nevertheless there's a baby growing in there because you know there was conception took place and the baby grew and so when you ask Jesus into your life you know some people think oh I didn't do it properly I didn't do it right I'll have Mm -hmm. to do it again I'll have to do it again no 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 once that's all you need is once And it's your heart just open before God saying, God, I don't really know who you are. I I just want to ask Jesus to come into my heart, forgive my sin and set my life on a whole new course. And, you know, so we've got to remember that what we're following is a faith and not a feeling. And we are so dictated to by our feelings And we've talked about emotion and we've talked about feelings so often before. Mm -hmm. Feelings lie to you because they change every single day. What you feel today is not what you'll feel tomorrow. And how you feel about this situation today is not how you feel about that. I mean, heck, how you feel about your husband from day to day changes, (laughs) right? You know, how you feel about your kids, how you feel about your kids every day, though you love them, how you feel about them changes. And so 
feelings are very fickle. Yeah. So it's not about waiting for a feeling. I think it's about having an understanding and a knowing that actually God is for me. Scripture says, if my God is for me, then who can be against me? And yeah. it's having that confidence, you know, it's 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 the confidence of who God is, not who I am, mm-hmm. not what I can do, not how I feel, but but that's what my faith is built on. It's my confidence is in him. Yeah. Now, the other side of that is you will never get to know him. You will never ne- get to know the riches that you have in him, the blessings and the promises that are for your life if you never open his word yeah. and read his word. Yeah. And so for me, from day one, that is absolutely vital. Just because you go to school doesn't mean you're going to be a great scholar. You mm-hmm. have to apply yourself and learn the work set before you in order to graduate and be a good scholar. And so you can't just go, I'm a Christian and that's it. Never do anything else again. Yeah. There's two fundamental things. One, that we're supposed to be part of the family of God. That means being part of the local church. Yeah. And the second is that you have to have a daily discipline of inputting the word of God into your life yourself. Yeah. And honestly, there are so many great Bible readings. We have a 30-day devotional yes, girls called do. The Daily Dose of Brave. Please get in touch. Mm-hmm. We can get one of those into your hands. But that was the purpose of writing the yeah. book, like The Daily Dose of Brave. And there are other great Bible plans out there. But it's to help you take a bite size, um, a, a little bite size of the Word of God every day. And then we explore and expand. Well, what does that mean to me? That is how you grow in your faith. Mm -hmm. And when you begin to grow on the inside, it begins to show up on the outside. And that's the, I think that's the best way to, to explain it. So don't be waiting for the feeling because feelings are so temperamental. I mean, honestly, you'll be in church one Sunday and you will just be like, I'm just like, I just feel God everywhere. And you're so excited in the next you know, between now and the next Sunday, the wheel comes off in your world. And by the next Sunday, you're beginning to doubt God's even there. Yeah. That's what happens when we go off our feelings because mm-hmm. life happens to us all. Yeah. And so, you know, we are following a faith, not a feeling. Yeah, I love that. And it got me thinking that Luke says this thing. He says that we often underestimate what we can do, what God can do in the short term. But over, is it that way? Or yes. overestimate. We underestimate what God can do in the short term and then overestimate in the long term, either or. But basically what he was saying is that sometimes we think, you know, if change isn't happening so quick, we we second guess it and it's like, but actually, you know, that's it. We underestimate what God does in the long term. Like the change, when you look back, like I was speaking to even Nathan last night, I said, wow, when you actually look back at the course of time since when you became a Christian, you know, whether it's been 10 years or five years, one year, when you've done a bit of time, you yes. see the change, the transformation in your Absolutely. life, like how much God can change you. And sometimes we just don't give it, it long enough. And it's like a few weeks, like you said, and we're like, there's no change. There's nothing different. That's right. But the scripture goes on to say then about the old life is gone. What does that mean? The old life is gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where we get caught up because we're like, no, actually, it's still here. Nope, I'm still having those wrong thoughts. Nope, I still remember that thing happening to me. And so yeah. we're not really 
um, allowing ourselves the grace and affording ourselves to live in the new life because again, we're waiting for the magic wand. We're waiting for the magic moment. We're waiting. No, God, yeah, that still happened in Mm -hmm. my life. And yeah, look, I, you know, make the same mistakes. You know, when it comes to our sin and when, when Jesus went to the cross and he died for our sin, he did that so that we could have right standing and communion with God. Um, God has always wanted relationship with people. And Jesus went through that horrific ordeal at the cross, died and was raised to life again so that we could have right standing and relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful thing is, is that because of what Jesus did on the cross, God says, when I look at humanity and anyone who chooses to put their life into my hands, who chooses to follow my ways, he says, I choose to remember their sin no more. Now, sometimes we think that God just gets amnesia and forgets what we were like and forgets the type of people we were. But actually, it's not that. He makes a choice. I'm I'm just not going to choose to think about you in that way. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to choose to remember the ugly and the bad and the hurtful and the unkind that you did. Because it's under the blood, it's under the cross. And I think we are our own worst enemy because God chooses, he hasn't forgotten, he knows exactly who you are, but he's chose not to remember. But we remember and we remind ourselves and we talk about. I think one of the most, one of the most fascinating things, and I always think about this in January, you know, we're talking about all things new. Yeah. We're talking about new beginnings. We're talking about being a brand new person. I, you know, I'm a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. And yet when you look in the book of Genesis and you see when God first created the world, brand new world, and he started from the beginning, he started from scratch, It says, God spoke and it was. Mm -hmm. So God said, let there be light and there was light. God said, God spoke and there was. It all comes down to our mouth, Meg. Mm -hmm. It all comes down to how we speak. What we speak is what we are. What we say is how it will be. And I think what the Bible is really trying to put into perspective for us is we've become a slave to our mouths. We've become a slave to fear and guilt and shame and lies and all of those things. And they become our habits because they're what have molded us over the year. And when God comes to give us a brand new beginning and says to you, look, your old life is gone, then there is a responsibility on you. I'm going to talk differently about myself. Yeah. I'm going to talk differently about my husband. Like you might still have all your flaws and he might still get on your nerves, mm-hmm. but I'm going to choose yeah. to talk differently, not because the circumstances are different, not because I feel different, right? But because I believe that, you know, where my mouth goes, my life will follow. Yeah. I firmly believe that. And so, you know, Proverbs says, as a man thinks, so he becomes. And so I think we have to get a new way of speaking um, about ourselves. And and that is how we begin. Like, 
the, the kind thing that God did with us cutting off the past was he said, I just want you to major on the future. That's the whole purpose of the cross. I just yeah. want you to major on the future. So when you're talking in a way that you've always talked, you're actually majoring more on the past. You What do you want to see in your future? Start speaking differently about it. Yeah. You know, and I think also just to finish on this subject, but the old has gone. It also means the lids and the labels that people put you under. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's not what you said about you. It's what parents have said or unkind people or teachers you're a failure or you'll never be or you could never become or you're hopeless or you're rejected or maybe you've suffered at the hands of an abuser and you begin to believe and honestly this was my whole heart behind setting Braveheart up was really I believe that so many women are living a life that is less than yeah when you do not realize that god has put the keys in your hand to become more than you could ever ask imagine or even think and um, but it really starts with the way that we speak and and honestly you want to learn a new language you know if you want to if you want to learn french you want to learn spanish you go go study the thing right it doesn't just you don't wake up speaking it one day and you you want to learn to speak the ways of God, go study the word of God. It's not just there. Go study, go find out what God says and begin to speak a new language. Yeah. And just before we move on from this idea of, you know, um, leaving the old life behind, you know, we've understand the concept of it now, but let's talk real because for some people, they are just, and I know for myself, I was stubborn when I first came to Christ. There was areas in my life because the truth is some sin, it, you know, it feels good. Some sin, it makes no, it out like no, all, all <laughs> sin, sin feels good. Talk about chocolate, we wouldn't, we wouldn't chocolate. do it. Yeah. But so I think for some, it's that concept of like, actually the things that felt good, they actually now, they don't want to leave behind. They struggle to leave yeah, the good yeah. things behind. So talking to that, is there even anyone in the Bible who done the same thing? Like they struggle to leave the old life behind. And what was the consequences for yeah, them? That that is a that is a great that's a great question for on many levels. Let me just first of all read this scripture from Isaiah 43. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Mm-hmm. You will never see the new that God is doing whilst you're holding on to the past. Yeah, And you know what? It was not a joke when we were just saying sin feels good. Yeah. It feels good to our flesh. That's why we do it. If it didn't feel good, if it was hurtful, if we could understand, you know, the, the, the magnitude or, or if it causes immediate pain, we wouldn't do it, but, 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 in the short term, it feels good. It feels good to overindulge on the wrong type of food. You know, the it, it feels good to the flesh to go out and have a good time, have the odd wow party. It feels good to to have, you know, an affair. It feels good to gossip, s- gossip and speak how I want to yeah. speak. And and so we but but what we don't understand is that we're stacking up problems for the future. Mm. And God can see that. Yeah. And that's why he's saying it's it's destructive, it's self-destructive and, and we need to 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 not do that. And so we have to forget that past and 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 put it behind us because if we don't, you know the, the the word of God says that 
all things are permissible, mm -hmm. but not everything is beneficial. Yeah. That's for you to work out. Yeah. God's not going to jump in and, you know, he's not going to send bolts of lightning down from heaven and be like, oh, thou shalt not be doing this. It's like, you're going to do it. And then you're going to think, oh, I haven't been struck by a bolt of lightning. This must be fine for me to do. No, 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 no. Everything's permissible. You mm -hmm. do you, hon. You can do what you like, but not everything is beneficial. Yeah. And the secret to a good life, a long life, a healthy life, a wise life is finding out what is beneficial to yeah. me. And I immediately think of a guy in the Bible called Saul. And when Saul first came to be king, he didn't necessarily want to be king, but the people shouted for him to be king. It says of Paul that he was a good, Saul, sorry, that he was a good looking guy. He was tall and he was handsome. And the people really wanted Saul to be king. And somewhere between the people shouting about him and and him coming into the kingdom, pride got into Saul's life. And I think at the very beginning, I believe that Saul was, well, yes, I don't just believe, sorry, the word of God tells us he was anointed by God to be king over Israel. And he started off a good king, but he never dealt with that root of pride. Yeah. And that root of pride became his absolute downfall because when David came on the scene, you know, Paul couldn't foresee that David was going to one day be on the throne because actually what should have been happening was it should have been one of Saul's sons that ended up on the throne. Mm -hmm. But Saul just took, it, took his eyes off his kingdom, his eyes off the ways of God, and he actually just honed in on complete envy of this young boy because David was a better warrior than him. And the people then started shout, don't, don't follow the voice of the people. Because they'll be shouting after you one minute, they'll be shouting after somebody else the next minute. You've got to know what God says about you, what God's called you to do. So Saul, you know, he never dealt with pride and pride became the absolute undoing, the root of jealousy, the root of bitterness, the root of envy. It's all in pride. And actually there's this really sad scripture in the Bible and it says the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Mm. And, and actually he was left with a tormenting spirit. And, and so, yeah, that's just an example. You know, it's never a good end when we choose not to deal yeah. with our flesh. Mm. He didn't want to deal with his pride. Why? Because he loved the accolades of the people. It made him feel good when they all shouted his praise. It made him feel good when they all worshipped the works of Saul. It, yeah. it, it made him feel good. And he didn't deal with it and turn all the glory to God. And it became his absolute undoing. And whatever your downfall is, you know, whether it's a lying tongue, a promiscuous lifestyle, whatever it might be, honestly, recognize it, submit it to God, be honest with God, tell mm, God, this is really yeah. hard for me to deal with, but allow him to, to wash you clean by the watering of his word. Yeah. And, um, because yeah. because otherwise it, it 
it won't it won't end well for you. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. And as we kind of close this conversation, you know, there is a lot of, especially in our church, we have a lot of first generation Christians, we call, you know, people who have, have been saved, but never have they had, you know, previous Christians in their lives or family that have been brought up in the church. So for a lot of people, <laughs> When they encounter this, you know, new relationship with God, they're a new person, the old has gone. We've talked about that now, but it's actually quite hard for someone then to be excited and expectant for God's plan for their life if actually they haven't put vision towards it. Because it's easy, you know, when I first come into this church, it was easy for me to vision my life because I look at people who are further on than me and see, wow, that's where God's brought them and that's where God can bring me. So I think when you've got vision for what God can do, it's easier to sustain from them sin because you're like, no, I've got this vision now for my life and I'm, I'm going towards that. But for those out there who haven't yet, maybe had that vision or that example of what God can do in their life, it's difficult for them to be excited. So what would you say into that, Emma? Like, how can someone who is a new Christian get more excited for that, what God is going to do in their life? So I think the first thing is you never meant to do this journey alone. I emphasize and stress the importance of the local church being part of a family. God's heart has always been for family. We're supposed to be knitted into the body of Christ And it's in that environment that actually you do begin to look around and you, you, you see you, you, it's the power of testimony, Meg. It's like, it's your story inspires me. My story inspires you. Mm -hmm. And whoever you are, your story will always connect with somebody else. It's the power of testimony that there's nothing like it. And it's a little bit like, you know, when you have your first child, well, you're pregnant for the first time, you're trying to imagine what it would like be like to be a mum. So you start buying all these mumsy magazines yeah. or, I mean, we've got it better now than ever before, you know, with the internet at our fingertips. And yeah. so we start to look into um, what does this trimester look like? What does that trimester yeah. look like? And then I can picture what it's going to be for like for me in the next yeah. phase but I used to watch one born every minute before I came yeah. birth so I knew what I was gonna what we're going into I didn't have any of that when I was <laughs> before I gave birth but but I think my point is this it's like you it's hard for you to imagine a way you've never been before therefore you have to put yourself in the right environment and so you've got to put yourself in the environment of the local church and you've yeah. got to pick up your Bible, listening to podcasts like yeah. this, reading some great books and some great content, leaning in and asking questions. I am someone who's never shied away from asking questions. Yeah. Like I don't like, this is your one shot at life, girls. It's yeah. like, don't be so caught up on, oh, it's a bit embarrassing and what if I look stupid and what if I sound stupid? Like, like who cares? Like, you learn by leaning in and ask the question, yeah. what's it going to look like for me? Well, what does God mean when God says this? And, you know, even in our church, and I'm sure churches um, worldwide have small groups, life groups, whatever you want to call them. But it's in that context where you can really ask questions. But yeah. Yeah, just go around some great like-minded people. Make sure you don't just make friends with those who are the same, the same. as you or slightly 
further behind on your journey, make sure you push into the world of those who are further on than you and glean off their lives. Ask people about their testimonies and what God has done. And I just want to encourage you with these two scriptures in Proverbs 4.25. It says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. And so it is that it's like you've got to be looking to the future always and, you know, and and, and being like, what could God do for me in this time? You know, Ephesians 3.20, we've mentioned it already. God can do exceedingly more than we ever ask, think or imagine. So he's actually said it there. What he can do for you is more than you can imagine. So you can't imagine it. So you've got to start to put yourself round where you can visualize it by saying, wow, God restored that marriage. If he could do it for her, he could do it for me. Wow, God healed that person. Like if he healed them, then he can, he could heal me and, Mm -hmm. you know, look at their kids and yeah, we need to be inspired by each other. Yeah, I love that. And I think to, to finish this whole conversation off, you know, this, this verse is all about how we are transformed and God's in the business of transforming our lives. And you mentioned earlier with the Holy Spirit who helps us, we're not on our own in this transformation. We can be excited for this transformation. We can be excited for this new life. But it's one thing you'd leave with the girls just to say, this is going to set you up strong for the journey of transformation. Yeah. I could answer that in one word and that would be accountability. Mm -hmm. And accountability, it's not like... You know, it's not necessarily a personal counter, your personal counsellor. It's not someone that I've got to run everything of my life through the filter of this person. It's just doing accountability and transparency. Yeah. It's I'm going to do life in a setting where I am accountable to other people around me and I'm transparent with those who are close to me. Yeah. And I think if you can do life like that, you know, you, you're going to set yourself up to win. Yeah, big I time. love that. Yeah. Well, Emma, I've loved this conversation. And hey, girls, I'm so excited. We are so excited for your journey ahead. This journey of transformation. Know that God is with you. He is for you. And you've got such a great future. And hey, I think this conversation is great to share with the girls in the, your world, especially those who may be new to faith. Share it with them. Let this podcast help them understand this journey they are on. But girls, until next time, make sure you grab your Braveheart conference ticket. It is coming up super fast. And we can't wait to see you there, but enjoy your week ahead and we'll see you soon.